I know it was something different. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Who can hold on? <laughs> a week for miracles. That's not the title. You can have a seat. That's a song that ministered to me as I was praying for you all this week. So I thought I'd share. Because I usually open up with prayer, but let it be on to you. Amen. So be it. All right. A week for miracles. Glory to God. Amen. So the title for today, I'm jump in because we're going to be out. Is my hour from now or? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's mirrored love. How love is communicated. So we're going to go 1 Corinthians 13, 12 in the Amplified Classic. Minister Al, I'm going to be jumping in and out. Don't be shocked. Okay. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of Stop. reality. Thank you. Why is it dim? Why is it blurred? Go ahead. Of reality as in a riddle or enigma. But then, when perfection comes. Stop. When does perfection come? Go ahead. We shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part, imperfectly. But then I shall know and Stop. understand. When is then? When it says, but then I shall know. Go ahead. I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. What is it when God is saying to be known and understood? Those are the questions when I was reading this scripture that I posed to Holy Spirit. So why is the reflection blurred? Again, it's a mirror. It only reflects what's standing in front of it. Dimly means to be faint or indistinct. If a mirror only reflects what's there and we are standing in the mirror, that must mean we are dim and indistinct. The light that should be in us is being prohibited, but why? What is causing us to be dim? And I came back and I said, why are you talking about light, Holy Spirit, in the love chapter? Certain things you're like, yeah, that goes with love. Okay, your, your responses. Well, we're going to talk about responses. But we're talking about light and mirrors and reflections in the love chapter. Light is dimmed, and it's here in the love chapter, simply because corruption and falsity dims and distorts. So when you stand in front of a mirror, what do you see? If you were to stand in front of a mirror, okay? 
Are you going to reflect on hurt, pain? Do you see lack? Do you see yourself? Do you see past hurts? Or do you see strength, redemption, health, peace, joy? To see those things, you would be mirroring God, God's love. When you stand in front of a mirror, you're not supposed to be seeing self. You're supposed to be reflecting God, who's supposed to dwell within you. So when you look, because when you see, that causes you to respond. All of us respond by what we perceive, because of what we perceive. So if I perceive danger, I respond. Oh, I would hope, you know, <laughs> course correct is danger. <laughs> If I perceive that this person is nasty, most of us will course for correct if you're not walking in love, and you would avoid. I don't really want to have nothing to do with them, okay? But we are to see joy, peace, long-suffering when we look in the mirror. And the Word is our mirror, okay? So when we look into the Word, what we see back should be the Word. It shouldn't be your own perception, your own ideals. It should not be your opinion. It should be the word, okay? When we see the word, I'm jumping ahead. Let me back up a little bit. All right, so the purpose is so that we can all come into a reality and not be deceived of what love reflected between us looks like because it should look exactly like our Messiah and in the word. And we're getting confused because we believe what we see when we look in the mirror in our own opinion of love because you identify with self. This is why no one can convince us, and I was one, that you're not walking in love. Because you have your own perception of what it is. It's impossible for someone to convince you you're not walking in love. Because in the mirror, when you have identified love, that's what you do. That's how you respond. My way of thinking how love is. Okay? So, don't be deceived. What you have received is what you can output, okay? Have you received, these are rhetorical, have you received Holy Spirit? If so, you look like, you move like, you sound like God. Have you received salvation? If so, you move and operate and peace. There is no anxiety. There is no fear. You are not tied to this earth because you know we're not going to always be here the way it is now. Have you received redemption? Have you received righteousness? Have you received love? Without it, there's no way that you can output it because it hasn't been, you haven't received it. It's been presented to you, to us, but you have to receive it for it to be output. Have you received our pastor? Have you received our teacher? Because what you receive 
you begin to look like, sound like, move like. And if you don't want to, uh, you're in the wrong place. Okay? Because that's the goal. You're supposed to esteem. You're supposed to pull and draw from. Pastor and teacher, there are spiritual leaders. Everybody okay? Okay. All right. Yes. Glory to God. Thank you for my gift. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to Matthew 6, 21 through 23 in the Amplified Classic. So befitting that you say gifts, Pastor. We're going to go. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 at verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Pause. All right. Treasure. Is your treasure, is, I mean, is your heart with God? Is your heart with the ministry? Is your heart with pastor and teacher, with the brethren, with BTW, with Dan Star? Is your heart with the, exactly, pastor, the body? If so, there is your treasure. No one can pull you away. You guard treasure. You protect treasure. You seek more treasure. So you're, you're always looking for how to increase what you treasure. So reflect on what are you looking to increase? What are you really guarding and protecting? You could be your own treasure. It's not right, but it happens. You know, you look to guard and protect yourself. Vulnerability. Amen. All right. Um, 22, please. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. Thank you, God. Verse 23, but if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in you, your conscience is darkened, how dense is that darkness? So the eye, it lets in light, perceives truth, okay? If how you are perceiving is false, everything you take in and output is darkness. How dense is that darkness? So are we seeing through the eyes of love? Are you seeing by way of Holy Spirit? Are you understanding and seeing that the word needs not your opinion and that correction is good and that you are not of yourself and you must submit and be committed? Are we seeing these things as good or bad? It can let you know how you are seeing, how you are perceiving. Does light dwell or is darkness dwelling? One way you can tell is by your responses. 
Responses mirroring, mirroring love look like love. We'll be able to see clearly and respond accurately. Responses tell exactly how you are seeing. It locates your heart quickly. We're going to jump down to a couple of different types or areas in which we are to be responding. All three are intertwined and cannot be separated. The first, of course, is God, our Father. How are we responding to God? As we stand in the mirror, which is God's mind, his spirit, his heart, his instructions, are we obeying in full submission and obedience? Obedience means you agree. Are you standing in agreement? If not, we see darkly. The image is blemished. It's not in alignment. It kind of looks like the carnival mirror. Okay? You can kind of see if you tilt your head down, you can see the rest of your body or it looks disproportioned. That's, that's how you are seeing. That is, in turn, how you will behave. Disproportion. <laughs> how are we responding to the command of love? If we see darkly, love is found nowhere in us. God is love and God is light. There's no darkness in him at all. We cannot understand what love is living a life of non-commitment or disobedience. The reason we can't believe we're not walking in love is because, again, we are comparing what God's love is to what we think it is. The image in the mirror should be Christ, the word, truth. We should not see ourselves or lack or disease. We should see Jesus Christ. So should others when they are coming in contact with you, what they should experience is Jesus Christ. If we're not walking in love, the perception and the reflection we get is true to you, but false. So we're walking and living in a lie, and no one will be able to convince you that it's a lie. It's very true to you. It is your reality. When we respond, we mistakenly think we're responding to a person. So we might start by saying, he or she did this. So from now on, I'm going to move and act as such. However, we're only projecting our heart. If love is flooding your being, emotion such as fear, anger, resentment, strife, bitterness, confusion, will not come up regardless of what is said or done. They are simply not there. Something that's not present cannot be expressed. <laughs> Love is the reality you see from. Vulnerability replaces fear. Cooperation and appreciation replaces resentment. Understanding overtakes strife and patience puts bitterness to rest. Confusion has no place because you're not attempting to assign an emotion. You are simply moving from a command.
Okay, I will say it again. <laughs> Confusion has no place because you're not attempting to assign an emotion to a situation. You are simply moving on a command. That's why we get confused. We don't know exactly how we should feel about this. Instead of just, exactly, instead of just moving on the command. Yes. Your response reveals your own heart. You're not revealing anything about anyone else. It's just simply you, if we could believe it. You think you're speaking about another, but you're simply disrobing yourself. Some of these comments. She thinks she know everything. What you're saying is, you're simply not confident. He's always trying to be seen. What you're saying is, you don't feel included. They need to worry about themselves. You feel exposed and scared that you're out on a limb by yourself. This one right here. They have not arrived, and they better watch out for pride. Okay. You are saying your efforts are not being acknowledged. And simply, you need to watch out for pride. <laughs> the ability to judge accurately comes from abiding in God's love. There's no self in God's love. There's no I feel, I thought, I don't know. No, you're not there. These destructive thoughts and statements come from self. So you just simply know you have located where you are. Okay. So you don't have to be deceived. You have located where you are. Praise God. Now we can grow. Yes. There's no self in God's love. The destructive thoughts and statements, they come from self. They are not as a result of someone else's behavior. If we don't get anything else, know that your response is your response. Your response is your response from where your heart is. Okay. Self can either be leading to evil or you could have a strong, positive self-will. Pause before you agree that that's where you at. Hold on. But this is still not walking in God's love. The strong, positive self-will. Self still has an end. It gets tired, worn out, frustrated. It feels abused and mistreated. This is the positive self-will. It means I'm an all-around good person, 
and I help out whenever I can. Okay, and I always have an encouraging word, but it's still coming from self. So one day if somebody catch you off guard and self is tired, your response is going to be, you know what? I'm a little tired today and you rolling up at the wrong time. <laughs> That's so. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, you be like, you be like, hold on, 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 hold on. Look, not right now. That's the response, usually. It be, not right now. <laughs> okay. If you could read the scripture for me one more time, please. Our foundation scripture. That's 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, at verse 12. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of reality, as in a riddle or enigma. But then, when perfection comes... Stop. So let's deal with when perfection comes, because you hear a lot about you cannot be perfect. We can when we are in him. We'll go to Colossians 2.10. I'm going to read it. And in him, you have been made complete. And he is the head over all rule and authority. 2 Corinthians 7.1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 1 John 2.5. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. So complete obedience perfects us. Complete obedience perfects us. <laughs> complete <laughs> obedience perfects us us praise God the body amen so what oh go ahead I'm sorry can you go back to the scripture you can start at but then please it so reads but then when perfection comes we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part, imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. What are we supposed to be understanding? We will know how to love in the same manner as God loves us. To love is to know, to see. To know is to love. To know is to have perfect perception and clarity of the what, when, where, and why. The how is God's. That's a side note. <laughs> 
1 John 4, 17 through 18, in his love is perfected with us so that we have confidence in the day of judgment. Confidence is the assurance of truth. So if you ever have fear of judgment, know that you're not walking in truth. Confidence is the assurance of truth. To know. Judgment here is called, is crisis in the Greek. It means justice. The concept of determining the correctness of a matter. Love is the only way to know the correctness of the matter. So if you do not love, you have no sight, and you do not know. Because the eye is the lamp of the body, let's talk about how we are seeing God in one another. Because how you, how you see will affect what you do and where you go. And I know that we have been chastised a great deal about our behavior. <laughs> We have been loved extremely well. <laughs> in the area of our behavior. And we only behave in such a way because we cannot see. We cannot see because we do not love. So if we are stumbling, follow it back. Discernment is something that a person not walking in love has. You do not have discernment. Okay? Lack of love is a lack of understanding. What you have and what you operate in is called information. In your own reasoning, which is considered knowledge, facts, skills acquired through experience or education of an understanding of a subject. Some knowledge and information can be accurate, but what you do with the information will surely be wrong. Again, love causes you to know the what, when, where, and why, not just the what. Um, there are two types of knowledge. Not all information or knowledge is bad. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 lists knowledge as a gift. But here... It's a gift that comes from God. It is not generated from man. So to have and operate in a gift of knowledge is not found in a book. Exactly. Amen, Pastor. It's not sense knowledge. It is information, the know-how that's perceived by way of Holy Spirit. What you are not operating in, if you are not loving, if you are stumbling... Discernment is spiritual perception in the absence of judgment, self-generated opinion with a view to obtain spiritual guidance and understanding. The process of determining God's desire in a situation, identifying the very nature of a thing. To judge here is known as crying on in the Greek, and it means to sentence, condemn, or damn. I know a lot of times we trip over when the same word is used in the translation and it sounds like it um, contradicts itself. Previously, judge meant something different. Okay? I can repeat it if you would like. 
Discernment is the judgment absent of self-generated opinion. It does not come with a sentence. Self-examine. It does not condemn. And it does not damn. All right? So there should be full forgiveness with what God shows you because God is love. All right. Amen. So we have the difference between knowledge, discernment, the giftings, what happens when love is allowed to move and operate. We know that when we respond, it's not the other person's fault. We should quickly repent and say, you know what? I am not walking in God's love right now. Can we pray, please? Amen. Please pray. So now in the mirror, when we stand, we're free of condemnation. We're free of fear. We see Jesus Christ. Ready? We ready? We see Jesus. Jesus looking back at us. Hey, Jesus, I'm ready. All right. Now we're ready to interact with, with people properly, correct? Because we're called to go out into the land and compel the lost to come in. We're going to look at one other question before we go. Go out to the lost, that is. What type of eyes are you relying on to interact with one another? With your spouse, with your children, or with God? Interaction is communication. We interact in multiple ways. Hopefully, I think I might, I think I might get there. Okay? Now, disclaimer, okay? These are practical applications, and I'm by no means a communication major. Okay? It is not my expertise. I did not go to school for it. And so what I did was <laughs> I used knowledge. And I acquired some tools for application, okay, from a very popular book, one that teacher has asked us to read maybe like eight years ago. Amen. Like I said, not all knowledge is bad. So I wanted to improve in a certain area of communication. We have overall a very... Uh, hurtful way that we communicate with one another. Exactly. There is no tech. And it, amen, there's no love. <laughs> um, but there's some very practical things that we can do to not damage one another. So most of these tips and tools come from Seven Habits of the Highly Effective Person by Stephen Covey. All right? These are not my original thoughts, and I did not compile this list from Holy Spirit. Okay. The Seven Habits of a Highly Effective Person by Stephen Covey. And I believe this is habit number five, which is communication. All right? Because we all can stand to grow from communication, and we communicate in multiple ways. Um, body language is a big one. You're slouching, you got your arms folded, you withdrawn from the conversation before it has started. 
okay? Um, poor postures, the big one, the rolling of the eyes, okay, over the top. Okay? Just some things and ways that we communicate. I'm not going to look on this side of the room. Teacher is doing a lot of communication, and she has not said anything. It's communication. All right. So for effective communication, there must first be understanding. What are your motives? Why did you even engage? What are you trying to communicate, and what are you trying to receive? What are your motives? Must be willing to first understand. There must be safety and there must be openness. For there to be effective communication, we're going to go with between you and God. Okay? What is God's motives in your life? Okay? What are his ways? What is his character? How about his reputation? All right. Let's go communication with another person. Y'all want me to leave that one? All right. Motives. When you enter the conversation with someone else, what are your motives? What is your character? Because your character says a lot about you before you even get there. Okay? Your character speaks volumes. It precedes you before a gathering. It's often left there when you leave. What is your reputation? And I'm not talking about the gossip. I'm talking about are you known for always being late? Are you known for stirring up strife? Are you known to be difficult to work with? This is your reputation. It is not, it's not the things that people are saying behind your back. You know it. This is your reputation. It's what's perceiving you. And it's important when you enter a conversation because if you knew better, you would do better, and then I might receive your help. That you do need. Yes. So your words might be correct and accurate, and you might have just read the most bomb book. It will change their whole life and paradigm. But your character, they, you cannot be received. You cannot be received. So that's also something you can work on. There also must be trust. We can go back to God. Do you trust God based on what you know? Do you know God? What is God's character? How has he moved in your life? Do you trust God because you know God? Not of God. I'm echoing pastor's comments. Do you trust your spouse. Do you trust pastor and teacher? Do you know them? Teacher is always talking about, I wish y'all would just know me because we wouldn't be having these issues. 
and you can receive everything that I'm saying, and we still would not be here. And because we don't trust, we do not have productive communication with them. Lord Jesus, thank you. Second, <laughs> understand and know that your actual conduct is what influences others, not the words you use. Okay? You cannot be cold one moment, kind of next. You, you can't have, you can't go in and out of love. You can't do the topsy-turvy, I'm sick, so get out of my face right now. You can't be two different people. Spouses, you can't be different in public than you are in private. In public, you love me, we booed. In private, you got other things to do. It's not an environment of safety. A person will not feel safe enough to expose their opinions and their experiences to you because they don't know what's going to happen. It's not predictable. You don't know if you want to actually love me through this or if I, all my business is going to be splattered Okay, or if we get in a divorce tomorrow because I done told you how I really feel. This is true. This is true. Okay, I, I was famous for doing that to Greg. I'll tell on myself. He would go to open himself. I'd be like, this is foolishness. I can't even believe. And then he'd be like, next time he ain't saying nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. How was your day? Fine. Fine. I'd be like, no, something wrong. No, it's not. Everything's all good. Everything good with you? We didn't get anywhere. Responses are not <laughs> continuously in love. Yes. Without them being like, get out. <laughs> Amen. Yes. And a friend. Amen. Say, say what you need to say <laughs> in love. Okay, so real quick, side note. When you get ready to say what you need to say, ask yourself these three things. <laughs> yes, because there's a difference when you're trying to unload emotionally and when you're trying to build something in your relationship. The three things, before you get ready, say what you need to say. Do you really need to say it? Do you really need to say it? Or is it just burning in your flesh to say it? <laughs> edifying is it edifying are you saying that's number two 
Is it edifying? Do you need to say it for the building of the body? For the building of your relationship. Do I need to say this? Is it going to build you up? And three, is it true? Meaning you have sat down and have sought to understand. Is this true? Is this really what they meant? Let me ask a couple of questions. When you said da-da-da-da-da-da, is that what you meant? Nine times out of ten, if they're your friend, that is not what they meant. So you started at, I need to say this right now, burning in the flesh. You skipped all these questions, and now you're in a way worse place than you were in your relationship before you opened your mouth. Amen. Glory to God. It, I mean, okay. The, can I say one thing about deliverance? This is another side note. This is not in here. You don't really need anyone else in that process. You need the word and open and honest communication before the Father. Because the problem is, is you don't trust nobody no way. So even when somebody comes to tell you that this is what you're dealing with, you skipping right over that. That is not it. I don't even know what you're talking about because that's you. You skip right over it. Yeah. <laughs> so you really need a time with yourself. And that's really what I had because... Holy Spirit did it. I didn't know what I needed at the time. But when you keep running and everybody shut the door on you and you like, man, that, that's not working either. Lord knows that's not working. That's not working. That's not working. All you got is a word. <laughs> and the Father. <laughs> it's true. I got sat down. I stopped doing all kinds of stuff, but I wasn't non-productive. Amen. I didn't have a bad attitude, and I was not non-productive. A lot of us get sat down. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to correct your vision. Because a lot of times when you're working so close on something, you don't stand back. And see what this is all about. And I didn't understand, teacher. Lord knows. I have, a, I have a very strong, I don't know what I want to call it right now. <laughs> I don't think I want to use that word. <laughs> but um, it, it has served me well in ministry. Because um, I'm very determined. All right. And you know, teacher is very determined. And so when she's trying to lead and you think you know how to lead, it's not good. Don't work. It's not good. Yeah. Amen. Back down. Back down real quick. Back down. Back down. Okay. Um, but determination is not a bad thing because I didn't quit. Didn't quit. Don't quit. Amen. Praise God. Don't quit. Okay. It's a word for the house. All right. I know 
know that's right. And then one way to ensure that you do not quit, it's another key. Stop running your mouth. Because who you're talking to cannot help you. Because it's a process that you need to go through with God. Yes. And usually what they have to say, they might not say you need to go ahead and quit, but it sounds something similar to it. Like you don't need to take that. I don't think that's right. Exactly. Leading you astray. So, shh. Zip it. So when pastor was saying about the seed of complaint, about you complaining with God, man, y'all don't know. I done paid so many floors, and me and God, I done God. Now God, now God, now God, now God, now God. Now I know you see this God. Now hold on now. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna go say nothing to the people, but hold up, hold up, hold up. This is real. Like I really talk to God. Like I'm really talking to another person. Holy Spirit is a real person to me. I really need you to answer me. I don't, it don't matter if it's in the word, if it's a person, if it's in a song, if it's in the scripture. That's why I snatch any word that any of y'all get. It's mine too. And I will snatch it. I will snatch it. Receive a word if you want to in the house. Because we're the body. And I need it. Okay? I will, sn- I will snatch your word and your word and your word. Healing. I don't even know what's coming, but I'm taking it for a reserve. Okay? I will snatch it. So don't look at me strange. Yes? A word came forth that it was going to be raining down. Increasing finances. Okay. We not struggling, but I'm snatching that too. You never know. I need to finance the kingdom. Mine too. Thank you, Mario, for the seed. Seeking to understand. Not to be understood first. Okay. To do this, you have to desperately care about the other person. You have to desperately want to help them, to take the time to understand them. They have a very unique situation. Their feelings, the advice that you give them cannot be from your own life. What you end up getting is you'll be like, man, I'm, I'm working so hard to help you. What's the problem? I'm helping you. This is help. Don't you recognize help? Help is coming. Help. Help, 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 help. The problem is, to them it's not help. Okay? They're saying, unless you are influenced by my uniqueness, I cannot be influenced by your advice. You don't understand me. Unless you are influenced by my uniqueness, I am my own person. This is why comparison is not good, y'all. You have your own experiences, feelings, situations. Even though you might have trouble in your marriage, your marriage is not like my marriage and it didn't start the same and it don't have the same troubles. (laughs) 
unless you're influenced by their uniqueness, you, they cannot be influenced by your advice. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And like I said, if it's bomb advice, you have to take the time to care. Care. Care and understand and care some more. When you think you got it, hush again and really pay attention to how they're communicating. Which part, Pastor? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Unless. unless you're influenced by their uniqueness they cannot be influenced by your advice it could be correct it could be the word and it could save their whole soul but you don't know them and they don't feel safe to open up so you can get to know them listen with the intent to understand do not read yourself into the conversation. Filtering everything they are saying through your own life experience. When you do that, this is what it sounds like, okay? Oh, I know exactly how you feel. Can't. I just started talking. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about, okay. Discernment teacher level, okay? She know you coming. She, she got the word at lunchtime and your meeting not till seven o'clock. <laughs> or you say, I went through the same thing. Let me tell you about my experience. Oh. Now you just switch the whole focus <laughs> off of who you were supposed to be trying to help onto yourself. Awesome. Know that you are not listening. <laughs> Um, empathetic listening. It's a method that gets inside of the other person so that you can begin to see how they think and why they move and operate from their own perspective. It's not from the outside looking in, but it's the actual reality from the inside of them. To do that, you have to really care. Yes. You have to really watch. So... If you notice, I'm going to use my son. Hi, son. If you know, if you notice, or if I notice that my son is more quieter than usual, okay? And he hasn't said much all week, okay? I probably will not start by probing him. I would watch him. Is he doing what he usually likes to do? Is he talking to his friends like he usually does? Is he quieter but not sad? Is something else coming up? You have to observe a lot of things. What's he look like? Is he still taking care of himself? Did he still shower? Okay, is the hygiene slipping just a tinge? Because when hygiene slips, not to be funny, but when hygiene slips, it's a loss of caring, of sense of self-worth. 
it really is something that you should pay attention to um, if you really care about a person because you could probably catch them before they fall into a serious deep depression. Something as simple as, you know, I just don't think they they washing their clothes lately. Some other things could be going on, but you would have to care. Do they have the means to wash their clothes? Before you jump and say, you know, they funky. Like, do they really have the means to wash their clothes? Or where is their frame of mind that do they know that they smell or do they... Do they care? Like, what's happening? What's going on? Do you care about that person? Before you go and start probing. Before. Okay? Things to do before. Um, empathetic listening is not the same as sympathy. Okay? Uh, sympathy is a form of agreement. And we as believers, agreement is reserved for truth. Okay? So I cannot sympathize with your sin or the results from sin, but I can empathetically listen and care about you enough to lead you to a place of truth. Amen. I'm skipping down. Give me one second, please. I have six minutes. Ooh, hold on. It is out of complying because I did a lot of listening. Yes, about 10 years. Not until you start to comply will you see some change. Okay. Understanding is not something you do before diagnosing. Okay? I mean, so understanding is something you do before diagnosing. Okay? Because if a person does not have confidence in that you listen to me, that you understand me, and now you've diagnosed me, they're not going to take your advice at all. It's going to be, it's a misdiagnosis because that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. That's not what I'm experiencing. You do not know me. You do not understand me. So what you'll have is a lot of miscommunication. Some communication response errors, okay? Evaluation. That's simply I agree or I disagree. You have shut down a whole conversation with I agree, I disagree, okay? Seek to understand. <laughs> so instead of saying, I disagree, seek to understand. So come out of yourself and place yourself in the position of the person you're speaking with. What experience, knowledge base, what wisdom has been displayed? What's the character like before? Okay. And then if you still don't agree, ask yourself within, why don't I agree? Okay. Is it, do I just not understand what they're saying? 
that I don't agree because I, I get that a lot. Be like, no, I don't think that's it. Wait, do you understand what I'm saying? Can you tap in to, to what, I'm, what I'm saying right now? Because we're supposed to turn left at this light because where we're going is right there and it's on the left. And if you don't agree and we about to get on the highway, do you know where we're going? I just need to know if you understand where we're going and what I'm saying. Then maybe we can come to an agreement. Do not ask questions from your own frame of reference. Okay. So your own frame of reference is like... <laughs> So I'm a college graduate, so why you don't want to go to school? I mean, college is the American dream. Nothing happens unless you go to college. First of all, you're not really asking a question. <laughs> you are impressing upon someone else your own beliefs from your own frame, a reference of what is good and what is bad and what is right and what is wrong and what is needed and what is not needed. That's different for our spiritual leaders who operate in discernment and Holy Spirit because it should be <laughs> the frame of reference of truth, but not your own life experiences. Do not give advice based on your own experiences. And do not try to figure out other people and explain their motives and behaviors based on your own motives and behaviors. For example, if you are a volunteer, you volunteer for everything, okay? You just love to help out other people and you volunteer. Boom, boom, boom. Every time I get a chance, I'm signing up. Sign me up. Now, you are going to interpret someone else's behavior who can't volunteer or who doesn't volunteer, all right? You interpret them as selfish, or lazy, okay, or uncaring because they know this person needs help to volunteer. Maybe they're not able to volunteer. Maybe they have no transportation to get there. Maybe they work four jobs and have five kids and need help themselves. And so you who like to volunteer can volunteer and help them. Teacher said, maybe it's none of your business. <laughs> Teacher said, I just don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm running out of time, y'all. Okay. All right, in conclusion, <laughs> seek to understand God first. Seek to understand one another. Evaluate before you advise. Seek, what did God say about this? What are they saying before presenting your own ideas and your own thoughts about the situation? This process ends and begins with God's love. Handle all with care, building each other in faith. And we're going to close with scripture. I love the word. Minister Al, if you could go to Ephesians 4, 2 through 7, or yeah, 2 through 7.
Ephesians chapter 4 at verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all mm -hmm. and in all. Mm -hmm. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. God's love has no limit, no limitations on what someone did, said, how they acted or behaved. It simply binds us all together and is just love. Amen. Oh, my God. That was just awesome. Man. Excellent teaching. Excellent exegesis of the word of God. Man. Glory to God. Nothing like losing your own life to see your reflection in the mirror. I'm telling you. Um, and she was right about a lot of things. See, when you see a, like a parent, he can really see or she can really see the potential that's in their child. And sometimes you have to really, you do have to, you know, sometimes you really do have to study them. You really do have to be mindful. Hmm? You good? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You really do have to be mindful of them. And a lot of times when you come to Christ, you, you see a lot of us are babes in Christ. So when we met Fee, she was really a babe in Christ. You know? What's that? She came out of Catholicism. And I, I understand that, too. And, but not a relationship. And... Being here at Walker Ministry, you know, there's a there's a challenge here because we do expect everything out of you. Because teacher and I give you everything out of us. So we're not going to require anything that we're not willing to lay down for you. Amen? We just like it reciprocated. It works out. It's called harmony. Balance. So he was going through a lot of, see, you got to watch your, your children and their development. And some development or some develop faster than others, different paces, different, you know, um, paces. And it depends on their environment. You know, you can have five kids, but, and they're raised in the same environment, but all of them are different. It depends on how they think, how they process, you know, their hearts, their character. They're no two the same. So Fee was going through her infancy and her trials. What I loved about her is she never had a bad attitude. You have to squeeze to see what comes out of you because what's in you is going to come out of you, right? So if you had bad attitude, the biggest thing with Fee was her projection when she came into a room. 
her discernment was just like, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? What's happening? <laughs> Nothing. Everything's fine. Everything's cool. What's up with you? But I understood, I understood her. And I watched her for a long time. I watched her stumble, fall, stumble, fall. I watched her work with teacher and everything. And then we came to a point and I said, okay, it's time for me to step in now. And, you know, because you, you can appear to cause a lot of disruptions in the ministry, you know, because people don't understand you. So what I said was, I said, give her to me. I said, don't nobody else say nothing else. Don't nobody else do nothing to her. Give her to me. And I pulled her to me, and I tell you, her life has changed. Listen, it's not that I did anything marvelous or wonderful. She just needed a father. She needed that. She had a husband, but she needed a daddy. Okay? And that's the only thing that matured her. And prayer. See, prayer is a platform for growth and transformation. So this is why I put her, she prays for me before service, after service. That's her job. I don't need you to do anything else. I want you to do just that. And by her doing just that one task, now you see the full maturity. You see the balance, her marriage, everything is coming live. Amen. And what did he do for one? He'll do for another. So teacher, come on. I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. How you doing? Hey, y'all be ready for tomorrow. It's going to be awesome, ain't it? Teacher's teaching. We only have one mic now. No, I'm just joking. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? For the engrafted word of God, I, I am spiritually proud of you, V. Um, you know, a child needs both parents. This is why a lot of time there is unbalance in their life. It's because God has created a unit, mother and father, with the, with the child or children. And there was an impartation that happened. But when communication was the biggest challenge, that's why her growth was being stagnated. But I look, but I could understand her. She just couldn't understand me. I understand, I understood how she would think. Her thinking was like abstract art. And that's what's going on with a lot of you is your lack of communication but we we believe we understand ourselves and we know ourselves nobody can't tell me I don't know myself that's what you say that's what you say with your interaction but you have to be taught how to communicate effectively you communicate naturally but not effectively not with balance, not with soundness, not with growth. What we believe we do. Because of your strong conviction of self. Now communication 
just like anything else, can be facilitated. That's easily done. But a lifestyle, that's the challenge. And if you could get up, you could read some books on communication, on whatever topic you would do a study on, and facilitate. But to live, to be in that moment, to be in that circumstance, to be in that thought, and to back up from that thought because I came in thinking how I think. So there's no way I can hear you. There's no way I can hear you because I think the way that I think. And you're so convinced that you're right. But that was her challenge. And I just knew if she stood in or remained in the fight, and the fight was simply yielding her will to look, to listen, not hear, just comply. Stop using the wrong words. Stop saying you're confused. Teacher, I'm confused. No, you're not. You are because you're, look, you're declaring that you're confused. So, look, so your mind, follow, it has to follow the command that you gave it. You're confused. Stop saying that it's our choice of words. Is that, show me how to understand. You're not confused. You just need insight. And because we don't have insight, and when we think we're doing something right, this is what brings the sense of confusion on. Is that I'm thinking I'm doing something right, but you're saying I'm doing something wrong. This brings the sense of confusion on, but you're not confused. We got a big day tomorrow, so I'm not going to not going to continue on, but I just want to sincerely thank you, Minister Fee. I love, I am, I'm full because you have become. Yeah. My, my challenge as a teacher and my greatest desire is that you become what God has called you to become is my greatest challenge, but it's also my greatest satisfaction when you become. And you have truly become. It doesn't mean that, oh, I've reached the place. Look, but you have become. You have gone beyond what you thought you were. <laughs> you were never that. It's the manifestation of you seeing and your perception that you now have become the word of God. That you have become love because you can. It's one thing, again, to teach it and facilitate on it, but to become love. It's beautiful. Growth, it, you are so welcome. Growth is a beautiful thing. But the, 
my, what I leave you with is the journey doesn't have to be long. My goal is for you to expedite your journey. It doesn't have to be long. Because people are waiting on you to become. Amen? Stand on your feet. We're getting ready to depart. Um.